Good morning. How would you interpret the following? Miss Jill, I'll pick on you. No. She was so great the other day. She helped me with the assignment. Did she really help me? She helped me. Did she help me? Okay. We were a great team. Were we a great team? Maybe not. They are just friends. Are they friends? We are doing great. We are, we're a family. Using air quotes expresses irony. Um, its definition includes some sort of satire. Um, it implies that something isn't quite right or true. It implies that something or someone isn't really what or who it claims to be. Air quotes. Now, I'm going to share something extrapolated from a census research. Studies done in North America, 2014, of what was understood as a, and the word they use is dominant, and so I, I looked it a little bit more. So dominant in the sense of typical, what is considered the strongest. So from a census, North America, uh, a dominant or typical family form by 1960s included 73% of all children living in a family with two married uh, parents, two parents in their first marriage. 1980, 61% of children were living in a family with the, both parents in their first marriage. By 2014, less than half, 46% of children are part of a two-parent first marriage household. Family structure, family life continues to change. In biblical times, the complexity of divorce, the loss of one of the parents, the living into a concept of step or half family ties were dealt with in a very different way. It was looked down upon. In many cases, it was prohibited. And certainly, it wasn't a real family. It was not a good family. Families who, 
whose fallout were known to the public received endless scrutiny. And based on those circumstances, these families outside of the norm were not real families. And they weren't really okay. So when the gospel began to spread, when Jesus was teaching and the disciples were learning how to do that, when the gospel was given to families who were broken, who were not perfect in that particular era, often one of the, the, the challenges was that the person in trouble, whatever it may be, that family member was cut off from their blood relatives. When they heard the good news of the gospel, they found great comfort because they heard that they were welcomed into God's family. The joy uncontainable to be told to perceive something by the culture, by your very own, and then to have Jesus and Jesus followers to say, here's the truth actually. Receive the good news. You are part of the family of God. Wow. No air quotes at all. No irony, no mockery, no air quotes. Then and today, there are non-Christian cultures where a family member's baptism in a Christian faith leads to disownment. There are families where a family's member, where a family member's commitment into the church to a Christian service becomes a problem because the family feels like they're being substituted by another family. Today in our Western culture, while the understanding of family has expanded remarkably, the intricacies remain at hand. We have blended families. We have multicultural families. I proudly am from a second marriage of my dad. We have single parenthood. We have children raised in a shared commitment without marital vows exchanged. Family life in our society continues to change. And a lot of the hardship and the difficulty in that is that the modern family is not a real family. And that there's shame and there's a secrecy. There's a desire for what it should be, which, which makes sense when there's brokenness, by the way. But for those of us around a broken family, a broken person, 
to feel, to sense, air quotes, is a very disheartening thing to experience. Wouldn't you say that? So at First Church, we're focusing on what it means to gather. And I hope that we don't just gather. May we gather. And at First Church, we want to believe and we want to encourage you and we want to grow and not use the quotes for grow. We truly want to grow as a church family. Jesus makes an incredible claim about what it's like to be part of a family and who should be part of the family. And I believe, and sure, I'm, I'm biased to what I'm about to say, but I believe like no other nonprofit organization, a faith community, a church, should be the driver, not the only, but should be the driver in taking the gospel of the good news and offer it to comfort a person for they and everyone needs to know that they are welcomed into God's family and no air quotes involved. We are the church. And that's what we hope for at First Church. We gather, we grow. Jesus makes an incredible claim of who is part of the family and what that means. And I want to invite you to read with me or to reflect Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. Jesus has been speaking and he gets to this point. While Jesus was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. But to the one who had told him this, Jesus replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. And the key verse for you to take with you, 50, for whoever does the will of God Almighty, the Father in heaven, is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Who? Whoever does the will of God. That's who is my family. This text is not about deconstructing that first part where it seems like Jesus does not want to talk to his mom and his brothers. It's not really important. You can check the research. You won't get anywhere. That's not the point of that text. The point of that text, the primary reason for this piece is notice there are no quotes and being part of the family of Jesus means that we're fully in. There's no kind of, sort of, halfway. It has nothing to do with who. It has to do with being in the will of God. So family structure, family life continues to change. 
and thanks to the gospel, the new family definition, according to Jesus, the great teacher, is that whoever lives the will of God Almighty in heaven is family. Take it with you. That's the point. That's the main point for you, for me, for all of us, for all churchgoers. So if you're about to ask me, how do we know the will of God? I know. I know. I don't know either. You got to come and go into a small group so you can figure that out together. Yeah. The will of God. What does that mean? Yeah. It takes deeper understanding. It is difficult. It is so difficult that we need to spend most of our times figuring out the will of God that who needs to be part of the will of God. Everyone is to be part of the will of God, according to Jesus. By his words and actions, Jesus redefines the membership of his family. In families, their problems, their conflicts, they change. What comfort do we have to offer if we place air quotes around how we name our families? What comfort? We're already going through enough as a family. There's enough brokenness and, con and, and conflict. What comfort do we have by implying somehow air quotes who is part of the family. The, and I say air quotes, we don't go around, I hope, usually using those air quotes, but the attitudes and the mindsets that may struggle a little bit with the idea of including air quotes, folks, by doing so, we exclude others from receiving the good news. The church as the family of Jesus should not allow ourselves, should not allow themselves to degenerate into vagueness or misinterpret our identity. The church builds meaningful relationships that is not equivalent to cliques. We are to develop meaningful relationships. Jesus spoke to the crowds. Jesus implies, this is a, for me, was very interesting when it started off with the term crowd. Jesus implies that somewhere, someone in the crowd has the potential to be a disciple. One in a million. The crowd. In our crowds, those strangers afar or unknown to us in those crowds, I am yet to meet another sister and brother of mine. And it is up to us, church, to look twice and see others like potential disciples of Jesus Christ and know that is part of the will of God. Because ultimately the sense of belonging is one of the greatest gifts we can give to one another. The stats that I presented earlier, 
our facts, in our midst, we have our friends, our peers, our very own families who are not what, what maybe years ago was understood as the strong family. Families change. Struggles get complicated. So for today, if that concerns you, if, and it should, it's our families. Own a principle of truth. Verse 50, for whoever does the will of God, and that itself is complicated. What does that look like? What does that mean? So at least may we open the door to one another to explore further what it means to do the will of God. But at least for now, know that the will of God is for us to welcome and know that everyone and anyone can be part of God's family and it's never to have air quotes surrounding those names. How we receive people, how we offer the gospel of good news is an important value for us and for each person to accept God's invitation to be part of the family of God. That is why we are the church. Please, that is why you make the church. And for our future, and for 2020 and 2025, when I'm a grandparent and my girls are, I think I'm cool, but apparently by then I won't be, and, and, and whatever the new definitions, I, you know, I, I get it. I struggle some things, you know, let's, let's, what is non-negotiable, what is foundational. I get it. I get it. Well, one of the foundationals is that the will of God is for everybody to have an opportunity to know that God loves them and they're part of God's family. And they can be a disciple of Jesus Christ. One of our very own sisters, sisters in Christ wants to share a little bit of her testimony of what it's like to be part of the body of Christ. Good morning, my name is Kathleen Gross. I was raised Baptist and I've been going to church until I graduated high school. When I was 13, I was baptized, but it was more of a look at me and not look what he's doing through me. In 2008, God spoke to me one day and said, check out that church across the street. So I immediately went on the First Church website and found a group of young adult Bible study called Club 66. I immediately went to it the next day and I found an amazing Bible study. In 2012, I stopped attending First Church when I moved. I tried other churches in the area, but it did not have what First Church had. And that was that family and we love first feeling. At the end of 2017, I knew I was needing to get back into the church. God spoke to me again. He said, go back to first church. So I immediately went on the church website and found the 30 somethings. I went to the 930 service and the Bible study at 11. And I found a group of people that are loving, supportive, friendly, always there for whatever you need. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 is my favorite scripture. It states, faith is the evidence of what we hope for and the reality of things we cannot see. It has helped me through my whole journey, through all the trials and the tribulations that I've been through. If you want to hear the full testimony, it'll be on our website. Today, Kathleen is going to be reaffirming her baptism. And I would like to invite all of you to remember your baptismal vows. Many of us don't remember our actual baptism if we were babies. So may this be an opportunity to have an understanding of the meaning behind baptismal vows. If you are yet to be baptized, we honor once you're baptized, we honor all baptisms. We can reaffirm it. We don't need to cancel another one to make. It's real. It's true. It's God's grace at work. But if you want to reaffirm your baptism or you're yet to be baptized, we would love Pastor Josias and I to speak to you at another point or after the service. But I would like you, before I invite Kathleen and her entourage to come forward, I would like for you to remember your baptism and understanding what it means. <laughs> 